You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. What is the what does the sign behind you say? I only see the part that says baby. What does it say above that? It, it says welcome. Welcome, baby. Yeah. And welcome femsplainers. Oh god, welcome <laughs> femsplainers. Back to the podcast. So uh, the last two episodes were time jump episodes, right? That we had recorded before the end times. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the last one we recorded was about Animal Crossing. Uh, this is Femsplained, yes. though, is the episode that we're recording. What Femsplained is, Fem's... is the episode we're recording? <laughs> what is Femsplained, Avalon? Oh, Femsplained is a podcast, which I hope you know because you're listening to it as a podcast. Um, but this specific podcast is a girls-only clubhouse podcast. I'm bouncing it to you now. That's fine. Uh, this is a group effort. So uh, Femsplained is a, <laughs> a podcast where two queer femme humans named Avalon and Diana uh, share our experiences in nerd culture. But that doesn't mean that people that don't share our particular identities can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. We just decided to claim this space for ourselves. And here we are. Yeah. And you don't have to listen to it if you don't no, in like fact, it. As always, I encourage you not to. <laughs> yes. So, uh, before we jump into anything, uh, Avalon, what uh, what's been going on? How has nerd culture been treating you lately? Pretty okay. As always, I've come unprepared for this question, even though I just thought about how unprepared I was. Yeah. Yeah. We earlier about today, I've just been watching a lot of bad TV that I wouldn't consider nerdy TV. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but you know what? I feel like... I can't believe in, it's been a week since we recorded. I have nothing to show for myself. I feel like... I, I, I definitely feel like any media consumption is a little extra nerdy right now because there's nothing else. So, like, we're all obsessing over, like, the most mundane of TV shows. Ultimately, what I think is that because we're all consuming so much media now because we have so much less to do outside of consuming media that like the level of geeking out that happens when you're into like a fandom is happening for things that have not earned that status. Like, I feel like we're all just like, whatever it is, like 90 day fiance, everybody's like, really? (laughs) It's going to get so much worse too, because nothing is being produced right now. And so there's going to be such a dry spell. It's not like after COVID, all of the movies will be waiting for us that have been worked on this whole time. Do you know what's been making me angry is that because of how much rewatching of old shows we've been doing, Mm-hmm. I've been having great jokes about shows uh, that are so past their moment that I can't make them on the internet because no one, it's no just one not topical. <laughs> but like if I, oh, there were some jokes that if True Blood was still on the air right now, <laughs> I'd well, shit, really we'll have. We'll do a True Blood episode then. <laughs> have we done one? We have not. And actually oh. it's very fresh. We watched everything so i could definitely do that um so okay so avalon give me something what what have you been consuming so um i don't know if i said this last time we recorded but when i have to wake up in the middle of the night to breastfeed at first i was having a really hard time staying awake and francis and i were so paranoid that i was gonna fall asleep and like kill the baby (laughs) (laughs) with my sleeping body and um so he always gets up with me and stays up with me and keeps me company even though I've adapted and I'm not I'm not very tired anymore during it but so what he'll usually do to keep himself conscious is play a video game for just you know the 20 minutes that it takes so I've been staring in this delirious state at a video game being played at like 2 a.m., 4 a.m. And um, so he's been mostly playing uh, the new Mario, the new Paper Mario game. 
Paper Mario oh. origami game, which is yeah. very funny and like very charming, and I really enjoy watching. And I get mad when I don't get to watch it uh, because he's playing <laughs> it without me. And uh, but he's been interspersing the first Resident Evil game, which Two I really different. don't like. <laughs> and I thought I was going to dislike it because I thought it was going to be too spooky, like late at night and like violent and just like not great to watch when you're halfway awake and then you go back to sleep and you have fucked up zombie dreams. Yeah. Uh, and that is actually not the problem. The problem is that it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love this. Did I you love... ever play it? I didn't. No, I did not. Uh, this was in my like 20 year gap without video games or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. It, so I, it was always like too spooky for me, I guess, even though I, I did have a PlayStation and I was playing games around that time. I'm also not good with like reaction time shooting. So I tend to err away from jump scare first person shooters because I, I can't take that time to aim. I just start like spinning wildly with the yeah. joysticks on the controller. Um, but uh, no, it's so bad. And uh, I also assumed that it was the same as the movie, Yeah, which I remember enjoying at the time uh yeah. even though i'm sure it's bad <laughs> but no it's not bad it's actually just a game about running up and down identical hallways sure and zombies come out at you but they are so slow and unintimidating that you can literally just push past them <laughs> <laughs> so i just think that francis has been running up and down the exact same hallway and like sort of sidestepping the same really slow zombie and then nothing else has been happening for like what feels like hours of just being in a labyrinth of this same animated hallway i am dying to know what his perspective on this game is and like why it's good i would love to hear him justify it i don't think that he would say it was good really i think oh, he good. just wants to play through the franchise like in a completionist sense because i think some of the later games in the franchise he likes and so he feels like oh i'll go back and play them all sure sure but um my favorite thing though is the title screen sometimes when he leaves the room and it's looping it's like all of the scenes are the hallway and then and there's like five of them and then there's one scene where you're battling sharks <laughs> What? And then it cuts back to a scene at the hallway. So I don't know when this shark thing is going to happen. But... He better call you immediately yeah. when it happens. I can't imagine how it's going to fit into the hallway. It's just going to, it's just like it's a filler episode. It just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what nerd culture has done for me. <laughs> that's what a, has it I... done for you? <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, not a whole lot uh, has happened like super recently because really everything right now is still Neverland I'm you know like watching the the sales kind of get to probably what is going to be the biggest like milestone that it can get to as such a small publication cool um I think everything after that is a little too ambitious to hope for or at least you know uh not for a very long time but uh, while I've been doing that, I have been investing in some other nerdy media. There is a um, a really great new D&D podcast that's out right now that I just started listening to. It is called Fast Times at D&D High. And it mm. is like, it's part scripted, part like, like they they roll occasionally for some like randomization, but like it's edited uh, it's, you know, like their sound effects edited in and it's just very professional and condensed sounding. So it's not four and a half hours long. It's like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. one, uh, it's like one hour episodes. Um, and they play, it's very interesting. They're like, um, kind of like high schoolers in a D and D fantasy esque, uh, realm where each of them are going to like a different like a university or like a, a, a school or whatever in like a different plane for a different purpose. Like one of them goes to, you know, a school for magic students, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And like their stories are slowly going to like intersect. So right now they're kind of all like separate. It's just like the first two episodes are out. 
at this point and so like they're telling their like individual stories and dropping seeds for how they're going to like intersect with each other cool it's super well done i'm really excited about it it's very well produced and i'm very obsessed with like one character in particular so i've really latched on yeah (laughs) um in that sense like starting to like very early on starting to get obsessed the other thing that I just got in the mail yesterday, and I'm really excited about it too, I just got two things from the Swordsfall universe, which is like, it's a Kickstarter that I missed over a year ago when I first started hanging out on like TTRPG Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so like the Kickstarter had, was already gone and like I could not get in on this project. Um, that's like an Afropunk uh, fantasy mm-hmm. RPG universe. Uh, but the... Um, the guy who wrote it also released like a comic book uh, in the in like the meanwhile while the game is still being made and that's much cheaper and also (laughs) you know like easier and digestible so I just got that and I haven't gotten to read it yet but I did flip through it and like the art is so stinking beautiful and it's just it's very exciting because I've been I think something that I've been doing is I've been you know, fixated on like these like one or two, you know, pieces of media that I consume and then I'm fixating on the thing that I create. And right now I'm taking a little bit of time to be like, okay, I'm not creating anything like with a deadline right now or like with it, with any sort of immediacy mm-hmm. uh, like I was with, with Neverland where I just really wanted to get it finished. So I'm just kind of enjoying like listening to what other people are making and like, visiting and on other streams and like seeing what kind of new shows are coming out and stuff like that. So that that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think that's awesome. And I would imagine that that is ultimately very productive for your own creative inspiration. Not like you're looking for ideas, but just like taking the pressure off and stepping back and remembering why you enjoy these small creators and things and being part of that community is probably very restorative, I would think. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so you're 100% spot on. Like I, if I'm only focusing on the things that I'm making, like I will hit a wall like Mm -hmm. so easily and just nothing new will will come to me. Yeah. So that actually has been really restorative. And like I had a little anxiety, like right after I released Neverland where I was like, okay, what's next? I got to do the next thing or, or else everyone's going to forget me or like whatever, yeah. like, I don't know, like some kind of overreaction. And then I was just like, well, you know, look at it right now. Everybody's, so many people are creating new things and trying new things and stuff. It's actually been a little bit less stressful to just stop panicking about making the next Neverland thing or the next yeah. thing thing and then just... And just enjoying stuff that other people are making. It's been a very, been, been very fun. Yeah. I feel that way or have felt that way about the podcast at times where if there's sort of a, a scrap of momentum, I'm like, well, I'm squandering it. If I don't take this little bit of momentum, there's a jump in the listeners. So like, why the fuck am I not, you know, like doing the next thing that's going to use this as a slingshot that it's like, but. I never, that wasn't the goal in the first place. Like, right, right. Why I do know. I feel like I need to do that? I so, know. Yeah. I know. It is, you know, I it's think, capitalism. I think that's something that's, yes, it's, it's driven into our heads that like every hobby needs to become your livelihood, yeah. like in some way. And, and really the reason we started this was so that we could talk to each other about our nerdy interests and have, uh, yeah. have, have those kinds of goals and, and that's much more important. Agreed. Anyway, I'm not going to get snappy on the podcast. Uh, that is all I've really got right now for this week. I cannot stand it one minute longer because I literally don't know what our topic is today. So I'm so excited. <laughs> I am obviously, kicking the can. <laughs> obviously, you are not allowed to tell me what the topic is. Francis, the mansplainer, has to tell me because we need a man to explain things to us. So... I can't wait one minute longer. Francis, tell us what the topic is about and be so condescending about it. Put 
putting one minute on the man watch and go. The wheel of time. Listen, like any cishet white dude, I don't like to admit when I don't know about a thing, but this is one of those things I don't know very much about. Not even enough to do a decent satirical mansplain minute. Here's what I do know about the wheel of time. In July 2019, Avalon and I took a long road trip out to the Steens Mountain in far eastern Oregon, and on the long car ride home, I was sleeping and she was driving, and to keep herself awake, she was listening to an audiobook. Over the course of that eight-hour drive, every so often, I would come awake, hear the audiobook, go back to sleep, come awake again, hear the audiobook, and it never seemed like anything was happening. There was a lady who was at some sort of Harry Potter-type school, and she was worried about a fella who was in some kind of trouble away from the Harry Potter school. And that's it. To my knowledge, nothing else happens in that book. It seems like the kind of book that you could listen to for eight whole hours on a long desert road, and nothing would ever, ever happen in it. That book was The Wheel of Time, and this has been your Mansplain Minute. I'm just realizing how dirty the keyboard is. And so if I'm looking down, it's because I'm like picking how gross it is, which I need to stop. You doing. can't get out of this topic because of your dirty keyboard. I'm Avalon. not. I just, I, that, was, <laughs> that wasn't for the podcast. I was just letting you know it, I'm being like weirdly shifty and looking down a lot. It's because I'm picking. Yeah. All <sighs> right. Francis told us the truth. Now you yes. have to tell me the truth, because obviously Francis is not recording this in real time with us. So I am, today's topic is the the book series Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Which Say is that one again? Of, it's the book series Wheel of Time by Robert Ooh. Jordan, which is one of the more, um, like, I would say one of the more robust, hardcore, high fantasy book fandoms out there. Um, oh, Wow. And uh, I have a weird, I have a weird sense of attachment to this book series because uh, my mom always read a lot of high fantasy and would often pass the books to me. And she always had like tons and tons of um, different high fantasy books that I would read as a little kid. And this series specifically, it was the thing that like I had it in my head as a kid that it was her favorite. So anytime the books were released, I would buy the hardback like for her for Christmas or whatever like I was always like the year that I knew or I would know what to get my mom because this book series was out and there was a new one and stuff like that right right um so it's technically it's 14 books um however the author like died at the end uh and so his notes and things like that were passed to another fantasy author who took his like last book and made it into three so it was supposed to be like 12, but it's 14. And then there's a prologue. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> there's 14. Sure. Um, and what I'm going to say, see, the reason why I don't want to do this topic, even though I chose it, <laughs> is because I am afraid of real fans. Sure, sure. So, well, we're not going to tell them what this episode's about, so don't worry yeah, about it. Because <laughs> they're going to be super disappointed. Yeah. If you've read the whole series, you're going to be super disappointed by this episode. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't believe anyone has finished the series. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, let's start with a challenge. Okay. <laughs> so no one's ever read this book series. How do you know one? How many of the books do you think people have read out of all the 14? I'm going to say nine max. Nine max. Okay. Yeah. How many of those did you read? Eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And when, at what number book did the guy die? I think, I think 12. I think 11 okay. or 12. Yeah. So I don't really know <laughs> how it right. ends. And I don't know if the author who took over does like a good job. I'm, but here's what I do know. Okay. Yeah. I'll start with that. What I really know is the first three books. Okay. Because uh. I have attempted to read this series probably 10 times and every time I start from the beginning so if we're talking oh my god if we're talking about total number of Robert Jordan readings I've more than finished the series yeah we're definitely not talking about how many times you've read each individual book we're talking about how much do you know this series all right so you know what 
Do do me a femsplain based yeah. on the first three books that you have read a bunch of times. What is the series about? It's I get that it's high fantasy, but like yes, you know, there's a lot of that. So, what is good about it? And I, my most recent reread, and it's the furthest I've gotten, um, was probably in the last year or two. Um, okay. What I think is great is, so I have the context now of comparing it to D&D a little bit more because I have been playing it more with this read-through and things like that. So what I think is strong about it is that it it gives chapter character point of views. <gasps> so like each chapter is like a different character's point and of view. And this is, is it written first person? I don't remember. <laughs> shit is it written first person it, you definitely have uh, a sense that the the character of the chapter is is the narrator like is you the have narrator. a perspective yeah i can't remember if it's written in like first person or third person i'm just because specific, I, you know what i mean i have specific feelings about that because i one i like writing fiction in the first person yeah. and i like reading it in the first person and i have consistently been told by quote writers unquote that that is objectively a bad way to write a book and i just i don't know i want to i want to well i know so you definitely get their inner monologue so it must be first person yeah yeah okay all right so so these books are you know from the perspective of a different character in each chapter not in each book like animorphs but like in no it's chapter to chapter chapter. okay very cool um Um, and then as the series progresses the the party gets split up like big time so then there will sometimes be really long periods of time where you don't hear from a character because they're not necessarily a part of the action uh which can be frustrating if it's a character that you really like so it's not mm. always super evenly distributed, I'll say. In the beginning, it is more so. Um, but I really appreciate getting getting to know each of the characters in that way. And in some ways, it's so expansive because they spread out over the whole continent. So you really have a sense of multiple perspectives on what's going on, and there will just be whispers of a political situation for this one character. But you... Like, a- as the audience, you have a lot more insight into it because you've been following this other character. I think that part can be really fun. Um, it it tends to branch out a little too much, though. So. <laughs> Which I would say, arguably, is why literally no one has finished the series. Wow. Oh, I love this. Okay. I'm sure, like, all, all of the listeners have finished the series. I have not. What? All right, so these main characters, what are they are they humans are they magic people are they are they just like plain vanilla humans in a magical high fantasy world or like what's the deal so it's so it's high fantasy in that sort of vague medieval sense the the main cast of characters that you meet in the beginning are a bunch of young people in a very isolated small farming town (laughs) with one tavern um and then some mysterious strangers come to town. And then also this sort of ancient race of monster people suddenly show up and destroy the whole town during their, like, Beltane festival kind of thing. Sure, 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 sure. And generic, it turns out... Generic yeah, seasonal it's so perfectly, festival. <laughs> yeah. And so it turns out that the three main character kids in town are chosen once in some way, so they have to leave and figure things out. So they get kind of ferried away by um, by the mysterious strangers that came to town who end up being part of, like, this big, what do I want to say? Like, political, magical entity. Sure. So, so there is there is magic. Not everyone can do it. And the magic is very specifically tied and all of the energies in the world is everything's very like binary so there's a a feminine magic and a masculine magic and is one of them evil and is it gonna make me mad um one of them is evil because it has become like 
tainted and perverse in a weird way. Like it's become associated with like darkness. So if someone taps into that magic, like they slowly are going insane the more that they use it. Um, and that's the male. So they've oh, been. It is. Oh, it is. Okay. So they've been killing any man who can do magic for like hundreds and hundreds of years because they inevitably get too powerful and go completely insane. Okay, so don't love the binary, but it's not the it's not the kind I expected. Yeah, but just, so I would say I like the whole the whole book kind of taps into different like very yin yang light dark sort of things, uh, and that's just sure. one of them. Uh, women. It's sort of socially acceptable for them to do magic, but if they can do magic, then they have to go to the magic school. And sure. And it's more it's kind of Vatican y and it it's like politically manipulative. And so it's not popular because everybody thinks they're kinda of like out there doing shady stuff and like telling kings what to do and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're the real political influence. Mm-hmm. The magic nuns. And they are kind of are. All this <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I love that. I always love that because like and that's something that you'll see in like fantasy books too when they when they like put in fantasy sexism or fantasy racism mm-hmm. or whatever, is that the part where they like miss the mark is that they then go and write like a justification for why it's actually true that yeah. they should be prejudiced. And yeah. you're like, wait, 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 but in the but in Act, nobody is actually racist or sexist for a real reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can't write in a reason why that you're losing. You're losing. Yeah. So somebody from this like magic school. Uh, it's not a school. I don't know why I'm calling it that. This magical Vatican <laughs> is right. has like come a- to town because she is looking for like reincarnation of chosen ones, and she's specifically looking for this male magic wielder that's supposed to be born who's supposed to like end the whole world Ooh, okay so there's a prophecy there is yes it's very okay. very prophecy heavy and it's very reincarnation heavy because you start to learn about all the other times he showed up and destroyed the world and blah 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 <gasps> wait so the main characters are they are they the chosen ones or are they are they like just adventurers trying to seek out the chosen ones? The most main character you know right off the bat is the guy who's gonna end the world. Ooh, Ooh so the does. protagonist is yeah. the is, is the prophesied one to kill the. All right, all right, yep. I'm in, I'm in. So he has to deal with that, um, and his friends realizing that he's a guy who can do magic like is a kind of a deal breaker for some of the friendships right off the bat, and, and it complicates them and things like that. Because uh, sure. they're all small town kids. But I will say that, you know, you expect him to sort of defy that he's going to be the one who ends the world and therefore, like, is evil or whatever. But pretty much the second he f- really accepts that that's what's happening, it's not that he becomes evil, but he instantly becomes a huge asshole. He's never a likable character for the rest of the series. And that's, like, Ooh. book two. Um, yeah. And he just makes so many morally ambiguous decisions, which I guess are are right. But he starts losing it right up off the bat and starts getting a little too violent sometimes and things. Well, you know, that's the prophecy, you know, so he it is the prophecy, it, really. Yeah. I really yeah. thought it would take longer. <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> I thought it would take like around 14 books, but it mm-hmm. uh, but it, nah, did not. it just takes like one and a half. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it makes you think, what are those other ones for? I know. And then he also is like mysterious birth. Like he, his father, who's always raised him, lied and actually found him on a mountainside during a battle. And like he's actually <laughs> from some ancient race of warrior people and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah. So there's nuance there. And then it turns out that the, the small town they all live in in super ancient times used to be like this sort of Camelot-esque like bastion of like good and really strong warriors and things like that. So everybody in this town is descended from that. Um, So all of the other friends that he has that are originally from that town and their families are from that town have little special things about themselves that start to emerge slowly over the series. Like one of them can, he's like, he's kind of a little werewolfy it's the wrong way to say it, but he can kind of communicate with wolves and he can like in his dreams, he can like run with them and things like that. And he gets like Ooh. weird wolf powers and stuff. Um, and the wolves come and help him during battles, which is really cool. I want to be that. 
Yeah, and he's like the gentle giant character, so you like that for him. Like, it's nice. And then there's kind of... The character? Yeah. And there's like a very rogue character who's always like fucking off and gambling and getting in trouble and stuff like that, who doesn't want to be a part of any of this, but turns out to be some reincarnation of somebody and like it keeps invading his brain and he gets all pissed about it all the time. Ooh. So is that like a thing like your past lives or your like... Are, are things that can ta- you can tap into? I think they're, for the most part, it's things that kind of pop up when you don't want them to, uh, especially the more you have interacted with them through various magical plot devices. Um, for instance, that rogue character starts to become a really good general because he had previously been a general and he knows all of these different battle tactics and things like that, and he'll accidentally slip into that sometimes during conversation or reference cool. old battles that happened, and then he's like, People are like, what language are you speaking right now? It's like ancient <laughs> language, and he gets pissed. So, sure, so that's yeah. cool. Um, so it's a lot of, I think what's really strong about it is you've got a lot of really cool, what I would say is a lot of really cool character concepts. Um, what's not cool about it is how long each book is. They're quite thick. And it's very, very dialogue about politics heavy. It's like... Star Wars Episode Two Senate yeah. level of just a slog through yeah. shit that you don't really remember what they're talking about anymore because there's too many made up fantasy names and places. I was just gonna ask if it's it bad. Lots of jargon. Is, <laughs> it yeah. is really bad. Um, yeah. I actually was gonna read the wiki to find out how it ends before this episode, <laughs> and the jargon was so bad in the wiki. <laughs> Oh I was my like, gosh, yeah. Fuck, I don't remember what that location is. I'm sorry. It's a lot of apostrophes. That's um, why I think that um, if you remember when I femsplained about uh, Coed and Cambria's like, comic book series mm-hmm. and they listened to it and a bunch of fans were like, this, you know, isn't exactly 100% correct. And Claudia was like, yeah, but it's like really close i think that the the, (laughs) i think that the the self-awareness that your your fantasy book is like super chock full of jargon and and like a lot of intensely detailed um you know story is is something you have to be aware of like that's why fans create things like wikis because like some stories don't need them like because you just you read the story and then yeah and then you know what the story is. Well, I remember reading it the, the first time I read it, it's probably seven or eight. And there's a fucking glossary of characters in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that bad. Like you're holding the book and you still need a reference character names. Um, and then, you know, times 14 books. And then let alone if you were reading them as they were being published and there was a few years lag between. I cannot fucking imagine. You cannot take a break from the series. You, it's, you have to marathon through it. Yeah. Or you will stop knowing. You will forget it. And he has this weird habit of naming. I'm going to say every character, and that is a huge exaggeration. But it feels like every major female character has the exact same name. And they like all start with an E. <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> are they wait, are these like fantasy-ish names? Like like Elgernon or like whatever, yes. like where they're like not <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like ninety percent weird names and then like a guy named Matt. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Actually, I feel like most of the guys have like single syllable names and most of the girls have Elvin. Elvin S. Yeah. That I've never heard pronounced, so I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> well, I mean, unless it's been <laughs> adapted, there's no way. I so, mean... it is currently being adapted, <laughs> which oh was another God. impetus for me to finally fucking finish it. But there's no way that they're going to be able to. No, I'm sure they'll it. just pick one arc and, yeah. like, tell that story or whatever, you know. Yeah. Maybe it'll just be those first three books that everyone's read and that, (laughs) (laughs) like, no one else. That would be nice. (laughs) It's funny. You just made me remember this really funny memory of, like, about the names of being, like, a young, 
well by the time we got the internet i was not a young teen anymore but but being a teenager and getting the internet for the first time and going into an aol chat room (laughs) for a like chat room interview with ka applegate to ask her the pronunciations of some of the alien names for the first oh, time. Yeah. It was one of the best things in my life because uh like some of them, like Alfangor, we all got pretty good, but like but like some of the alien names we were all saying wrong and it was like a chat room of a bunch of tweens like being like, please sound this out for us mm-hmm. <laughs> like in this chat. Uh so it's it's kind of um I don't know that's that's an exciting thing but like I hate that though because I feel like I don't want to be told that I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't want to be told <laughs> that the the vision I've had that I've sort of grafted onto for this character has been a lie. Yeah, I don't like well I guess I don't like any time they tell me that like the uh like the spirit of the character is wrong sure. or like that something like quintessential is wrong or if I've like really pictured them a certain way yeah. that'll bother me too but like the pronunciation I can usually I can usually get over that I had that problem with Harry Potter with a lot of um, character descriptions and then when the movie came out they weren't what I pictured even though it was accurate to the way it was described I had just like misread it and then run with it like in my mind draco malfoy had black hair and when he had blonde hair i was like what the fuck but no when- he had blonde hair <laughs> i just misread it <laughs> <laughs> is that actually said because uh, i assume i just i don't know probably i i, I because if it was not said and they still made the choice to dip that actor's head in bleach. That must have burned. Because that's the worst bleach I've (laughs) ever seen in my whole life. If they did that to a child because of a creative direction and not because it was (laughs) written down. I'm sure it's like explicit that he has super white hair (laughs) and I'm just on drugs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. So my, my most important question about this book series is, is, Romance. Where is it? Is it there? Is it? Come on. <laughs> Where's. I'm so excited. Where's to the talk about that? So. <gasps> okay. I think that the romance is something that I was really on board with when I read it when I was younger, slash a teen, slash all these different <laughs> earlier times that yeah, I tried. Each time that you um, read it. I was really on board with it until the most recent time. Because there's just a lot of, like, triangles. There's a lot of love triangles happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, more, more complicated shapes. Polygons. There's love polygons. So, <laughs> but this last time I read it, I realized that it just actually feels a little bit, like, fetishy on part of the author. Because <laughs> it's all these chicks who are so so into the main character who's going insane. Yeah. yeah. And it never I'm really shocked. explains why. And they're like <laughs> so fucking into him. And there's like a prophecy about how he is basically gonna have three great loves at the same time. Uh... And then the girls in later books, well, I say later, in the middle of the series, later for my reading, really start to like realize that one another are all his great loves and that they're just going to have to come to terms with that and (laughs) share him. (laughs) But they don't like it. (laughs) Do, Do the men who write these stories know that we know what they're doing? Like, do we, like, are they sitting at home like, (laughs) guy slipped this one by yeah I'll just slip this one right in it is so weird harem fantasy ish it's bad and like the girls are rarely in the same place at the same time like they're rarely in the same city or country or whatever at the same time with him so it's kind of like whenever one of them leaves and then there's a new one that shows up that same day he's like oh shit well now I love this one 
And then off screen, eventually they'll meet up sometimes and be like, yeah, I'm fucking this guy. I love him. And she's like, that's my boyfriend. And then they're like, well, I guess we have to be sisters. Like instantly. Yeah, there's no, because because this is a male fantasy, there would never be any conflict. Everyone just no. resolves it and they yeah. all continue to. And we get, we get a ton of their inner monologue about how insecure they feel about it and how heartbroken they feel about it, but they never act upon that ever. Yeah, that sounds right to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So you know that. us girls all <laughs> thinking no action <laughs> no. and these are like very the other thing too is that every woman in the series is described as either being evil or if they're good they are so flawed in their stubbornness and short fusedness and like they're all very dominant <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of, like, they're all warriors, but they also all are, like, impulsively violent. Like, very, like, throw a frying pan at you because you in, yeah. that you didn't notice their dress. Like, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like, it's how, all... How Joss Whedon writes strong women. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, like... <laughs> they're strong because they can beat you up. <laughs> yeah, they can beat you up either with magic or physically. Yes. Um... <laughs> But no matter what, they also, yeah, are very short-tempered uh, and, and you know, a little violent. And, like, constantly being described as, like, so stubborn. Like, oh, she's just so stubborn, like, all the fucking time. I know. We get it. Yeah. Shakespeare. Get it yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, they're evil, they're that, or they're <laughs> unattractive. <laughs> Those are the only... Great. They're the only women. Uh Period. Yeah. And I find them really fucking annoying on this most recent reread. I think in the past I was like, oh, yeah, these are strong female characters. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't blame yourself for that because like when that like when those are like the bones that we were thrown when we yes. were young and like <laughs> we're reading it for the first time. And we're like, oh, finally, a girl holding a sword or like something, you know, like right. you, you you really latch on to that. You're like, oh, she spoke her mind that one time. Uh, but like, you know, now there's we're getting some more nuance in our storytelling now. We we can look back on those things and be like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they're written almost as being, like, emotionally abusive. Like, they're so stubborn and mean to the guys that I'm kind of like, this is either super dom fetishy or (laughs) I'm worried for the men in these relationships because they're so codependent and controlling and just, like, weird about the weirdest shit. Yeah, it was like... like if there if if this guy's trying to write jealousy, but instead of writing jealousy, he's writing like controlling and and like yeah. possessive and stuff like that. Instead of writing just like I don't know, I I don't love the fact that my uh, the guy I'm in love with is in love with three other women. Yeah, which would be a normal emotion, <laughs> right? <laughs> like <laughs> instead, that's gonna manifest as as. I need to control and dominate him. It's funny because they, at one point, when they introduce his third prophesied love. Sure. She comes from a culture, like, of non-monogamy. And so she's able to bring this idea of non-monogamy to the situation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> continue and it's fine especially if all the girls really like each other then it's fine and so she's able to sort of introduce this concept to all of them and they can they can slowly digest it and finally decide well yes i guess we do all get along with each other and and that is the only question that needed to be asked Now that, uh, I mean, that's a good conflict resolution in a nice, neat bow, I guess. Yeah. You know? I think that if all of that was going on and it was it was dirty, then I would be like, okay, guilty pleasure. But their romance situations are all, like, really fucking boring and far-flung. Right. I almost wish it was just 
that. Like, it was just a weird, smutty fantasy novel <laughs> about this guy who's prophesied sure. to have sex with all of these dummy chicks. Then, like, all right, that is what it is. But instead, it's just kind of folded in to a real story. It just kind of, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like maybe the author bringing a little bit of his own subconscious to it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, jumping from that point, I know the answer already. Yes. But I just want to ask, I, you know, is there any gay in it? Is there any it, smidge? A smidge, just a no. tiny sprinkling? No. Okay. Not in the first half. Not in 14 books? Not one? <laughs> Not in nine. <laughs> not in, um, not in, and okay. I will tell you, well, are there? No, I don't think there are. And there are some characters that feel like they definitely should be. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> this, like, women warrior situation. So there's, like, these nomadic desert people that are these tall redheads, which, like, fucking yeah right like there's a bunch of redheads who have been living in a desert for a hundred of years like yeah they've all just been waiting for a man well they've all just been fucking <laughs> set on fire and beriddled with skin cancer so like so they're all out there and most of them forsake ever getting married or having kids in order to be like shield maidens which are these warriors no mention of gayness there <laughs> and then there's sure. this White Tower Vatican City of just women practicing magic on each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's no all they're men practicing. Except every once in a while, they like will basically enslave one guy to be their bodyguard, but they're like then they just treat him like garbage, which is also part of this weird fetish that I think yeah, the author has. Yeah, it's kind and of becoming a real clear picture. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it lends itself to being very gay. For sure. Yeah, it should be. Um, it should be. I know I had very low hopes in asking that question, <laughs> but I, I, I still liked to to have confirmation. Well, and just speaking of diversity in general, so about a year ago, maybe it was announced that Amazon picked it up and they were going to put a bunch of money into it and it was going to be their Game of Thrones. Sure. And then, obviously, like, COVID happened as soon as they started filming, so it'll never happen, or maybe it'll happen in a million years. But they did announce the casting, and there were a lot of people of color in main character positions. Oh, good. Um, Okay. In a way that I don't recall them being described that way. I mean, who fucking cares? That's awesome that they're doing that. But I anticipated... That fans fucking are gonna... white nerd backlash yeah, 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 rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just kind of oh, waiting yeah. for that to come down, um, and then I didn't have to worry about it because COVID happened, and so the show. <laughs> but... Well, I'm sure. I'm sure we just didn't see it, but I'm sure that there are pockets of the fandom that did get upset about yeah. it if it was if it was announced ever. I'm yeah. sure that there were people who who um, took offense to that because, you know, yeah. uh, I, I I'm pretty sure that. Once upon a time, J.K. Rowling said, sure, I guess Hermione could have been black and people freaked out about it. Yeah. So, like, I think I think that uh, I think that we can't underestimate the, the power of racism and fandoms. For sure. Um, yeah. So I guess yeah. if that show comes back around, that's something we'll that I anticipate look- being pissed off about. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to look out for that. Yep. And it'll be weird because it's it's always a very strange thing. Because, like, you said that, and I was like, oh, good. That's, yeah. You know, and if they're going to cast yeah. the show that way, that's good. But that doesn't... The the show also, like, is based on a book series that sounds like it's not very good. <laughs> so you're like, I really hope they also work on this, this story in the adaptation process. And, like, maybe yeah. make some people gay, too. That would be good. It sucks because the first three I think are super solid and then it just gets too fucking political yeah and hard to follow in my opinion but there are there are some storylines and seeds of it that are so interesting and so good it just takes him so long to fucking spit it out (sighs) so and then and then you'll go off and you'll have to follow really boring characters for like half a book and it just totally takes the wind (laughs) out of your sails for the cool thing that's supposed to be happening on the other continent Uh, so 
I mean, I think that maybe up until the end, if you can make it to the end, which no one ever has. No one has. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you've made it to the end of this book series, uh, tell us and then prove it somehow. I don't no. know how. But no, I want. You're going to prove evidence. it by just telling us what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's way past the point of scoring. I, can, you I feel like I can guess book? what happens. Yeah. I feel like it's very obvious what happens because sure is. everything is based on this fucking cyclical prophecy that they talk about all the time. And so, you know, on top of everything else, you know exactly how it's going to end. Oh, my God. OK, so tell me what the end is. You think the end is that he actually destroys the world or. Well, no, what do you because gonna like some people interpret the prophecy as destroying the world and like in a way it kind of is. But more so it's. It all feels very, um, like, very Hindu in this, like, cycle. Everything's about the fucking oh, wheel well. of life. Everything's about it, the wheel, it turns, and the wheel, it weaves, and everything's this big metaphor for, like, a big spinning wheel and weaving a tapestry. And so everything has happened before, and everything's going to happen again. So they, they say And reincarnation is, like, a really big theme, <sighs> apparently, that, like, well, people are... So these, a lot of these people are reincarnations of cool people. And there are all these great ancient warriors that are reincarnated every time something big is happening, basically. So them appearing is kind of a sign of the prophecy and things like that. But in terms of the culture of the world and religion or whatever, it's not like lay people are walking around like, oh, I'm reincarnated. It's just kind of bigger picture important people. Okay. It's not like everyone is a reincarnation of of someone else. It's it's only like these big uh, uh, key figures. Okay. Sorry, so I'm there's like one female character who is one of these great warriors that's reincarnated every time. And she's like the most amazing archer ever. Um, and she's just described as looking like what I am at, like Bugs Bunny as the female Viking in that one <laughs> Looney Tune cartoon is how I picture her. She's just like the longest <laughs> blondest braids. Like she just seems very Vikingy. y um, <laughs> And I always think of that Bugs Bunny cartoon. But like she yeah. accidentally gets reincarnated incorrectly and like it kind of <gasps> fucks things up. And that so sounds she... like the best story I've ever heard. I want just that story. Yeah. About she... somebody being reincarnated incorrectly. Yeah. So like part of the magic, there's a dream world that you can kind of, as they get better at magic, they can visit each other and they can go to places and like figure out the layout of it ahead of time in the dream world and things like that. Just and like they an can... animal crossing. Yes. <laughs> <Fuck that. laughs> um, but all, they can kind of tap into these people who are waiting to be reincarnated there and they accidentally like bring her back. So she's not like reborn like she's supposed to be at the same age of all of the other warriors. She like is here now and she's in her 20s and she wasn't supposed to be born yet. And so she's part of the story kind of. That sounds actually pretty cool. That, yeah. That, she yeah, also that should be neat. gay. She should be yeah. gay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Not. I, I mean, maybe it's it's a hundred percent bias, but instantly, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, she also is uh, described as being very short tempered, very headstrong. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, she loves you know, wearing really tight dresses that show off her boobies, and all of the other female characters are aghast by it. And she's like, "I've lived a hundred times. These are my boobies." Yeah. And it's like. It, it would be okay if that conversation didn't happen, like, 40 times. Sure, I'm sure. Every time she meets a new person. Yeah, like, whenever <laughs> there's a male character, we get to get, like, his perspective of seeing your boobs. Like, we always get to see. We always get to know that he notices them. And I'm sure the description is innovative and new each time. Each time. Each time. <laughs> it's definitely not the exact same description of her wearing the exact same dress. <laughs> Of course, of course. Yes. She boobied down the steps boobily. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird how like there's so much male gazy stuff that's just folded in really not subtly. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What would be if you had to pick a character just from the parts of this that you have have gotten to be familiar enough with is there a character that you like the best like one that you do feel like you could latch on to and be like really invested in their story 
I feel like it changes every time that I've read it. Mm. Um, but I think that I generally am the most fond of the two male characters that came out of his small town with him, with the main character, the roguey one and the werewolfy guy, I think are my favorite. Okay, cool. Because they're there from the beginning. A lot of other people get introduced. Um, <laughs> I would love to say that I like one of the girl characters the most, but I definitely don't because well, they are no, written Well, no, because they're like not going to be written well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's... I think that I think that I have to attribute that to how much of my like one of the boys like aesthetic growing up was about yeah. was that I always relate I was very heavy into media and always related to boy characters more than girl characters because they were all written like some shit. I know uh, one of yeah. the three girls that he is prophesized to be with. Um, is described early on as very tomboyish. Like, she's the only girl who, like, wears pants. She has short hair. Um, and she has these magic prophecy powers where whenever she looks at somebody, she sees, like, sometimes she'll see, like, images above them. Like, the wolf guy, like, before it turns out that he can talk to wolves, like, she sees a wolf. Or, like, she sees, like, an axe because he ends up accidentally murdering someone in a way that's really impactful for him with an axe, like, way later on. So she sees these symbols around people, she doesn't always know what they mean, but um, it makes her, like, you know, a little bit less sure. social and stuff like that. But she's also very sarcastic. And she's a great character until she abruptly falls in love with that guy for no reason. And then mm. there's this, like, there's a whole book about her starting to wear lipstick <laughs> and wear dresses. No. And, like, no. and from then on, she doesn't matter. Like, from then on, all she does is, like, worry about him and oh. follow him. And, yeah. When she could have gone <laughs> to this world's version of the mascara and 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 lived with those ladies. Yeah, exactly. And, oh. Or the Viking lady, you know? <sighs> that would have been great. This but, is so, so, so I did sad. like her a lot until she became yeah. a weird romantic character. Um, it's, it's so funny because, like, he, like, it sounds like, obviously I've never read it, but it sounds like he accidentally wrote an actual strong female character. And, <laughs> yeah. her, and her evolution path is yeah. that she becomes one of the clone women characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, to to overcome <sighs> her, her accidental individualism. It's the worst, because she starts out as, like, one of the guys, and then she doesn't see him for a while, but she knows she's in love with him. And then she finally, the book puts them back together. And, like, the first thing she does is, like, sit on his lap and is like, uh, oh, I'm just one of the guys, right? Like, so this isn't sexy, right? <laughs> tell me, it's tell me I'm not pretty. <laughs> Fucking tell me I'm not pretty. <laughs> oh, my God. Just like, I want to, yeah, that's the worst. And there's the one female character, this, there's more than one that, doesn't have any romantic interest in, in the main guy, but it feels like there's only one. And she sort of starts off as being a huge, like, badass, and she's, like, really independent, and she's mean to everybody, and, like, really condescending, <laughs> and pretty shitty, but, like, in a way where you kind of, you love her for it, I think. Yeah. You know, and she's looking out for everybody, and, um, and then... From the second she gets to the fucking magic school, everybody's like, oh, you actually suck at magic. You're actually the worst at magic. You have, like, the most talent at magic, but, like, because you're really angry all the time, you can't control it, so you suck. And then, like, the, the series, like, proceeds to just spit on her for the next, like, six books where people are always, like, with magic, like, bending her over and spanking her and, like, trying to teach her lessons about, like, how she's too much of an asshole. And, like, it's just weird. Like, the book series oh. has this thing against her for no reason. I, you know what? She should have been in love with the main character. That would have told her. <laughs> that would have saved her. Yeah. yeah. Everything is oh, just, God. like, teach her to be humble. Teach her to be humble. Like, it's too Ew. much. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Are there <laughs> any romances that don't involve the main character. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody gets somebody. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. look, that's I, I that actually is a positive. I yeah. think having a side side romances 
definitely humanize this book series a little bit for me. One of the main characters' girlfriends is, like, the princess of the world. And... (laughs) Not of the world, Mm -hmm. but, like, that's what I'm going to call her. And her brother (laughs) gets together... Well, I'm sorry. She has two brothers. A half... A half-brother and a full-brother. And both of them are in love with the main character's high school sweetheart, who he's not prophesized to be with. So it's a little bit of, like, a catfish for the reader. So then she has to decide between these, like, two hot guys. Yeah. Uh, Werewolf guy, who I love and is so sweet and, like, a very compassionate and nuanced character, um, ends up with a woman who I'm just going to go ahead and say is abusive. Ugh. She just, like, is constantly, like, hitting him. Or, like, if he accidentally talks to a woman, like, she won't talk to him for a whole book. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she just keeps putting herself in mortal danger uh. so he'll come and, like, make her feel special. And then the rogue character eventually gets together with the princess of some faraway land. Because it's prophesized, but I never made it that far. But he's right, just well- hooking up with everybody in taverns in the meantime, which I appreciate. You know, I do yeah. appreciate that, actually. That's... At least that's somewhat human yeah. of an action. Um, all right. So I, I know that it's it's a difficult thing to do because we don't know. I don't know any of these characters at all. And there's not like I can't like Google their faces. Yeah. Um, but I just carte blanche. Pick three characters and tell me fuck, Mary kill. Oh. Give me give me your fuck, Mary kill of, of any of the characters that you can remember. So I, I'll just say of the all right i'll do the three guys that come out of the small town and i'll do the three prophecy girlfriends good oh yeah 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 just because those are both threes <laughs> um, yeah so i'm gonna say kill the main character who is magical is supposed to kill the world and yeah. is gonna end okay. the world and by end it means like rebirth so maybe it's a good thing who the fuck knows Ugh. um to kill him and Marry the werewolf guy because he's nice. He's not a werewolf. I'm just trying to simplify this so that it makes no, sense. No, I get. But I like, get if you had mean. read it, you'd he's be like, like, "Why the fuck are you calling him a werewolf?" He's wolfy. He's, <laughs> he's wolfy. wolfy. He's um, wolf adjacent. He is wolf adjacent. And then yeah, and then fuck the rogue character. Makes sense. And then okay, so the girlfriends <laughs> of the girlfriends. There's the tomboy who loses yeah. all personality. There's the redhead desert warrior woman and there's the princess of the world okay yeah who is also a redhead different kinds of redheads though it's like a strawberry sure. blonde and like a oh, perfect yeah. auburn right yeah yeah and then i think the other one just has brown hair i don't <laughs> she Ugh. i don't even think she should be in the running to be honest with you <laughs> she's just wearing pants with brown hair not even a redhead yeah right like waste (laughs) either have a blonde brunette and a redhead or have three of the same thing i need like why yeah yeah (laughs) um if you're gonna have this fantasy then why have two redheads um i'm gonna kill i guess i'll kill the princess because besides a book where she gets really into joining the circus she doesn't really do much (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) although i don't know you sold me on her with the circus thing it's yeah. true she has magic power though and she was like manipulating the winds to be really good at tightrope walking so it's kind of cheating <laughs> <laughs> i guess marry the tomboy because there was a, gl- a glimmer of a moment where it seemed like she had a personality yeah yeah and then what's left i, I get that oh yeah and then fuck the desert lady because she's pretty intense and and i, I think reads is gay Okay. Yeah. No, that fits. I agree. I concur. I would, (laughs) I steal your answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. All right. So now can you tell me, this is my last question. Yes. Tell me one person's name. (laughs) (laughs) We have gone through this entire episode. You have not said one name. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't care who it is. Uh, the main character who's going to destroy the world or Rand. rebirth the world. What is it? Rand. R-A-N-D. Rand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not> like... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, sure. Boys get little names. Yeah. All right, Rand. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. I can, I'm happy with Rand. I feel like, 
I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Somehow. All right. I am. I am going to not read this book for my homework. <laughs> but I. What I am going to do is I am going to get the book on tape and I'm going to listen to it. I would recommend it. Yeah. The first I'm one. Do the, the first, first one, one is really yeah. solid. And it yeah. might make you want to read the second one and you'll be like, oh, this is good too. And then like the third one, you'll be like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So anyway. I, it, yeah, do I listen that to the far, first but... book. It's I think it's a fun listen. That's what I'm going to do. And I'll have plenty of time. Uh, before we get to homework about this particular thing. It's true. So I will <laughs> I will listen to it. Oh, I can't wait to actually talk to you about the book. Uh, and for I'm... you to be like, so when you said werewolf, like, this is not what I pictured. Like, I, I can't <laughs> wait for you to address how fucked up my explanations are. Yeah, I'm already so excited for yeah. that in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I think this okay. will be the episode that make a lot of people not like me. <laughs> that... Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think that that's uh I don't think that that's an issue. Also, I'll fight them all okay. um, with my fists and my and my prophecies. Yeah. So, what are you doing after this? I assume that I know the answer, but I'd like to hear you tell me the answer anyway. Eating spaghetti and breastfeeding <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting good at it. It's it's glamorous motherhood, isn't it? Is that the answer you wanted? I don't know what answer you expected. No, that's exactly the answer I wanted. Nice, I knew yeah. it was something about stare at Robin and stuff. Oh like, yeah. I just didn't know the specifics. Yeah. Uh and I am doing? going to lie down next to the air conditioner because it's yeah. a thousand degrees in this apartment. Same. And I am watching myself become more wet. In yeah. <laughs> like Agreed. I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, oh, I am I'm getting sweaty. Sparkling yeah. like a <laughs> Stephanie Meyer vampire right now. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, that was the best ever explanation of yeah. The Wheel I of feel... Time by Robert Jordan. Yeah, I, if you actually read these books, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> I am thankful. I feel blessed. It's so much to, there's so much. <laughs> there's so yeah. much. Did I mention that there's like a devil character? Like that's the great, the big bad? <laughs> no. No. There was no mention of a big bad. <laughs> But I think that you've got all of the important. <laughs> who's gay? Who's not gay? Who no one is gay? gay. No one's gay. Those are the. Those. Are I the think that Rand might questions. be gay, and that would maybe explain a lot. Maybe that's why he has to reboot the world because it's not yeah. gay. Clearly, read it where you think he's a misunderstood queer character. That's how I read every book. So okay. easy. <laughs> that's, that's just my default to how I interpret things. Nice. All right. All right. That's been a Femmes Blamed. Yeah, that's been a Femmes Blamed. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>